You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Archbishop George J. Lucas, a podcast with the Archdiocese of Omaha. Uh, in some church circles, the word encounter has become kind of a buzzword in the last few years. Uh, Pope Francis has uh, spoken since the beginning of his pontificate about creating a culture of encounter and how Christians are called to create this culture of encounter. This word encounter comes up again and again. Benedict XVI pointed to that encounter with a person as the thing that makes us makes us Christians. Um, there are ministries that use it. We talk about it in terms of going to adoration or going to mass, you know, uh, books, etc. But I still, I'll have a lot of people uh, I find will ask me or friends of mine, what does that mean? What does that mean concretely? Uh, or they'll say something like, well, that's never happened to me. You know, I, I've never had the St. Paul conversion, et cetera. So I just wondering, can you flesh that out for us a little bit? What does this encountering Jesus mean? When we talk about encountering Jesus, we uh, acknowledge that Jesus is a person and that um, he desires to have a personal relationship with you and, and with me. The recent popes have emphasized it, and, and uh, Pope Francis, of course, does uh, talk about this uh, this very often, but you're not surprised because he, he uh, is uh, sort of the living embodiment of, of someone who likes to encounter people. He notices people, he uh, fixes his gaze on them, he goes over over to them, and you have the impression from throughout his ministry that he, he's had a, a, a very much of a, of a personal involvement with the people that he has been sent to to minister. That's our understanding, really, of um, the mission of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father has sent us uh, a Savior. He sent us his own son. Uh, he didn't send us a book of rules, and he didn't uh, send us a, a, a rock or a tree or, or something like that, but a, a person who's um, uh, human and, and divine. Uh, and Jesus uh, wants to have a personal encounter with us for our, for our salvation. So it's really at the, at the heart of our faith, and it's at the heart of this uh, mystery that we call the Incarnation, uh, that uh, the Son of God uh, became man, and uh, he, he wants to meet us, and he wants to give us the opportunity to, to meet him. We believe, again, that's at the center of our faith, that Jesus is alive. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the opportunity to meet Jesus in person, in our time and place. We're not only remembering him, we're not only reading about him, we're not only trying to imitate him, we want to do all those things, of course. But the real gift is to be able to, to encounter him. In other words, to have a, a very personal meeting with him in his integrity. We have to be careful that we don't think that this is something that's going on in my imagination. So I kind of think of what Jesus might be like, and then I have sort of have an imaginary friend. Uh, it's, it's not that at all. Jesus is the risen Son of God, and so we don't make him up. Uh, he reveals himself uh, to us. But that revelation is possible, and we believe that Jesus desires it, and uh, he invites us to desire it too, so that the encounter is a, at first is the beginning of a, um, a two-way relationship, but then that, that develops, so it doesn't just stay at the beginning. So this is why really, in the Archdiocesan vision statement that you announced a year ago, this month, encountering Jesus is that pillar in an ongoing way, and not just, yeah, imitating or following in a sense of example, but that seems to me to be the, the most 
I guess, a resting point for, for some people, the point that they go, wait, an ongoing way? You know, I mean, I, I grew up in a time when, you know, sad to say, WWJD was, ever, you know, the bumper stickers and things, what would Jesus do? And, and I do remember, thankfully, some, um, some people in our parish, I think associate pastor had to talk to us, and he said, yeah, what would Jesus do makes it sound as though he's uh, gone. And like he just took off after the ascension and he's not here. He's not present, but that that's ludicrous for a Christian. Um, so it seems to me that's kind of the most almost scandalizing point to say that we can encounter him in an ongoing way. As, as we were trying to discern a, a pastoral vision for the Archdiocese, this came up again and again in terms of our listening sessions, but also as we looked at the uh, the church's understanding of her mission since the very beginning, the the um, uh, action of the Holy Spirit in the church from the beginning, this uh, not only opportunity, but this really essential characteristic of, of um, a, a personal encounter with Jesus. We've uh, had the experience in this country, certainly in this archdiocese, of being able to really organize the church in, in some ways that have been very helpful. And, and the organization and the institutions have been uh, in, in many cases in the past, particularly channels of grace, and I think occasions uh, for uh, the encounter with Jesus to take place. We find, though, that that's, that's not necessarily the case anymore, and particularly as, a, as um, young people aren't experiencing a cultural Christianity, even in their own homes, but certainly not in the community at, at, at large, that it, it, it doesn't automatically occur to them that uh, being a member of the Catholic Church would be an opportunity to, to encounter the, the living Jesus. So that's sad. And it's a, a way that we haven't uh, perhaps understood ourselves as well as we should and then certainly haven't communicated the opportunity that uh, is available in, in the church. Uh, Jesus established the church and he uh, gave the great commission to his disciples to go out to, to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And what that meant was they were to tell people about how they had encountered Jesus and how he had made himself available and, and present to them, uh, first during his public ministry, but now, of course, that happens in the context of the, of the church. And to be able to preach that and share that experience with such conviction uh, that other people get excited about it. And they look at a disciple of Jesus, someone who has really has encountered him, that encounter has made such a big difference in their lives, they begin to think, well, I'd like to have what that person has. That's not really the impression that uh, I'm afraid most people have when they think of the Catholic Church, that this is going to be an opportunity for me to encounter the risen Son of God. And it's going to make all the difference for me. It's going to make it mean everything to me. Yeah, fundamentally change my life for the better in ways I can't imagine. Well, so then I have to ask, how did that encounter first happen for you? Yeah, you know, when you get to be my age, it's kind of hard to remember the first, <laughs> uh, the first in, uh, encounter. Um, I grew up in a very religious house, and I think the, um, my parents had, had this personal relationship with the Lord. They didn't talk about it in, in those terms, but I look back on that now, and I, I realize that that was certainly true. And they wanted to introduce us kids to, to, to Jesus, and so they invited the Lord into our home. You know, we had images and stories and prayer and all kinds of things that we absorbed growing up that helped us see that uh, that Jesus was a, 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 a guest, not just a sometime guest, but a, a regular um, member of of, uh, of our household. But uh, there are a couple things. I think my, my um, I remember having a, a real um, clear uh, sense, clear belief from a very young age of the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. 
And of course, that's a central teaching of, of our faith. So it's, it's not surprising to think that you would stumble across that, you know, growing up in a Catholic family. But I remember going through, uh, we lived in a city neighborhood when I was a really little kid. And you, my mom would take my sister and me for a walk. And we could go to the past our parish church and stop in. And I remember uh, her teaching us how to genuflect and, and telling us why, you know, that, that Jesus was uh, there in a, in a very special way. I couldn't understand it all then, but, but it made an impression on me, and I believed it. And um, had, had the, from already what I'd heard of, about the Lord at, at home, the sense that this was a person that wasn't a, a, sort of a place or a thing, but um, there was a meeting between me and Jesus at, at, at that moment. I'm, I'm sure related to that, I remember I have a very clear memory of my first communion day and uh, the same sort of uh, impression, only stronger. You know, that, I, that, that was a, uh, a way that Jesus was making himself personally available to me and inviting me to be available to him. I couldn't have explained it that way, in, you know, as a six or seven-year-old. Uh, but, but then, of course, that, that, there have been many other other opportunities. And I think probably the most, I would say the most decisive one would have been when I was in the seminary, probably was around 22 or 23 years old, and really sort of wrestling with my vocation and coming to a, a sense that this is what I wanted to, to do with my life, and, and uh, walking on the grounds of the seminary and having a, it wasn't an apparition or a locution or anything like that, but a, a very clear um, sense of an encounter with Jesus and an invitation. Uh, really an inv- a renewal of an invitation that I'd heard over and over, but, but um, then a, a, in kind of a decisive way, clear way, and uh, having a sense that I was free to, to respond, to, to say yes to a vocation to the priesthood. If I could do it, I'd, I'd give myself to it. And, um, but having a sense that that was a free uh, gift on my part, as free as I could be, because that's what Jesus was inviting for me. He wasn't imposing anything, but, um, and that he was with me. In, in that. So I, I remember those incidents very clearly. And I've been blessed, I have to say, with a, a clear sense that the, that the Lord is, is present with me in my life and in my vocation. I'm not always looking in his direction, sad to say. And uh, things are not very productive or fruitful on, on those days for me or for the people that I'm supposed to be serving. Uh, but the Lord is right there, and, and I'm very convinced that he wants to be, be with me in everything. That's beautiful. I think um, this point of vocation and recognizing something about when he comes, he has a decisive way of speaking to the person. This is when I talk to you, when I talk to other people, I, I, I recognize as witnesses who, who can speak clearly on and, and with conviction on their encounter with Jesus and the way that they follow him. They to a person, they point this same sort of thing out, that uh, they have this experience of freedom. As you said, freedom, like this isn't, is it, we're not playing Where's Waldo. Like, mm-hmm. oh, where did you find Jesus today? As a, like you said, a feeling that you have to sort of go groping for or a high or a only limited to a specific place. But that as he comes to the person, one of the surest signs that he's there is the person becomes more that person. I become more myself than I was before. And so I'm more totally free. So this, this work that he has for me, this vocation is in some imposition from the outside. It sounds like it's, it's me becoming me. He, he knows me better than I know myself. And, and not everything becomes easy as a result of that, but it, it corresponds to the way that I'm made. 
this call that he has, this way he meets me. I would say that's certainly true. Uh, Responding to the Lord doesn't make everything easy. In fact, he's very clear that if we're going to be his disciples, we have to take up the cross. And that uh, comes in, uh, in, in various ways. But I think all who have uh, an authentic encounter with the Lord can allow him in, allow him to be himself in, in, our, in our lives. We do uh, have a sense of becoming more ourselves in a, um, in a good way, you know, not a self-centered way, not a self-aggrandizing uh, way. Uh, the devil would like us to think that Jesus is competing with us and, and that if, if, uh, if we let him in to our lives, that he's going to take something from us, or he's, go, or he's going to impose something on us so that, he, that whatever it is that he imposes, rules or laws or expectations, that that's somehow going to cramp me and make me less me and, and give me less freedom if I somehow enter a relationship uh, with Jesus. So we have to try it and find out because that, it's tempting to think that way. It's, it, it's, why, uh, it's a very effective tool of the devil to help us think, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be diminished if I get mixed up in religion or if I give myself to Jesus or invite him in, in, into my life. But, uh, but the fact of the matter is he knows me better than I know myself. He wants only good for me. He's already laid down his life uh, for, for me. So he comes into my life because he wants me to flourish. And he, so he wants to give me something, give me a, 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 an understanding of myself, the truth of, of, about me and God's, and God's plan. Uh, but but then pretty soon he will also ask something of me if if I signal that I want to be in this relationship with him this relationship of friendship of discipleship uh, then he'll want to uh, give me a commission as he did to, to the first disciples and as he does in every age and invite me to contribute somehow to the saving mission that um, is is his work from the Father but that he wants to to share with us. So then how do we invite other people to this encounter? It's kind of an open-ended, it's a huge question that takes our whole lives, it sounds like, to unpack. But how do we begin to begin to invite people to this encounter that we've had? I think it's hard to um, imagine that we can invite someone else to encounter Jesus if we're not willing to encounter them uh, so that, uh, that, there's a, that hearts are warmed there, that there's an understanding and, a, and a, some kind of a tr- trust, some level of trust. So maybe it's somebody I'm, I know well or I'm friends with uh, or, or would like to develop a friendship. Maybe it's just a, a more casual encounter. But um, if, if I'm able to, uh, to, if I'm willing to spend time with someone interested in their lives, their struggles, um, and have the opportunity uh, then, prompted by the Holy Spirit, uh, at some point to, to say, um, uh, if you're open to it, I, I could tell you what, difference Jesus has made in my life. I might not say it in so many words, but you know how, how my life has really been transformed by, by the opportunity to know Jesus and to, you know, to have life in him. And maybe somebody will sh- shut that down and won't want that, but very often I think we'll find if, if we're generous in sharing our experience with Jesus, someone else might be interested. And they, well, well, we'll see then what what the Lord can do with that interest, you know, on their part, we can't control it or certainly not, not mandate anything um, uh, on, on their part. 
So it's, it, you know, it's tricky in one sense. It's really not tricky. Um, again, I th- I, we, we should look back to Pentecost for all kinds of reasons. But one of the things that we notice is that as soon as the disciples of Jesus received the Holy Spirit, they went out the door and they began to talk about their experience with other people. And an amazing thing happened. It was amazing to them, certainly. People started to believe. Uh, as soon as they talked about their experience with Jesus, people believed them. And not everybody did, of course. And at some point, they would be persecuted for what they were saying. But even in the time of persecution, more and more people all the time were believing uh, their, their testimony uh, be, because the Holy Spirit was acting in that encounter, and they were uh, authentic in, in their proclamation. They weren't maybe real scholarly in terms of the proclamation or maybe not real um, uh, what polished. Uh, but it, it was coming from the heart and, and from their experience, and then the Holy Spirit was working in them, and working in the in the hearers and those who who witnessed what they were expressing. And, and uh, a number of people, the, the actually the apostles tells us on the first day they started talking about Jesus in public, three thousand people stepped forward and, and wanted to have life in in Jesus. They wanted wanted to be baptized. So we shouldn't um, um, doubt. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, we shouldn't doubt the power of, uh, of a personal witness. So if I'm willing to encounter someone else respectfully as Jesus respects me, not imposing anything, not uh, trying to um, place guilt on anybody certainly or, or act like I'm better than someone else, but really just to talk about the, what, the, what the encounter with Jesus has, has meant for me. People can take it or leave it, but some will take it. They'll, they'll see it as... Um, They'll identify with it, or there'll be something there that will stir um, uh, something in their in their own hearts, and um, then that gives the Lord an opening. So He can come to us these days, like He did to, to Saint Paul, just you know, right out of the blue, a great burst of, of His presence. But normally, again, this is just my imagination. But normally, I see, imagine the Lord looking around at, at people in our time, wanting to meet them, and hoping that someone will make the introduction. And that's really what he's asking of, of you and me. He, he, he would like uh, someone to facilitate an encounter with those whom he loves so much and would like to give an opportunity to enter into a relationship with him. But, but he's, from the beginning, his plan has been that, that his disciples, who have already encountered him, wh- whose lives have been transformed by that encounter, will be willing to uh, offer that same thing to others. Well, so it sounds, and it is, in a really challenging way, very simple, that those, like the first apostles, like their disciples, all they had, you know, they, they didn't, they weren't rich, they weren't powerful, all they had was their experience. And that's, that's the resource, to put in quotes, uh, the resource they had to draw on was their own experience. So in a, in a sense, I think maybe the answer to the question that people ask about, how do I do a better job of you know, telling my kids or my neighbors about the faith. You know, sometimes we have this temptation to think it's a function of how much specific training I've received or schooling or what have you. And while all of those things, of course, are important for disciples, we're serious and mature, um, there's really nothing else required than paying attention to the experience you've already had. It, it was, am I right there? Sure, that's how it starts, I think. That, that has to be, that's the spark. We... It's wrong, I think. It's tempting, again, but it's wrong both for parents or teachers or uh, archbishops or, or anybody to think, I'm going to teach people what's, what's right for them. And, and, I, and I'm, I've spent a great deal of my life teaching, so I'm happy to teach when there's the opportunity to, uh, to do that. But, but the, um, 
The encounter with Jesus begins not with my sort of setting somebody else straight or telling them what they should do, but talking about what, what Jesus has done for me and inviting them in a gentle way, is that only I can with my personality or as, as you could, uh, to see that, that maybe, well, maybe something like that's possible for them. And uh, the, the public ministry of Jesus, is, I think, is very instructive. You know, he, he met people first. And his, the message of the gospel is very challenging. And the, to put faith in the Son of God crucified and risen is very challenging. So there's, there's plenty of challenges to, to come as we grow in our, in our relationship with Jesus. What we're finding these days, particularly given with the culture as, as it is, is, is that most people are not looking for somebody to come along and set them straight or just tell them what they ought to be doing. Um, and that's not, I don't, I don't think, what Jesus is asking of us. In, in this moment of encounter, but rather to be, to be ready to be a little bit vulnerable, to witness to what we have seen and heard uh, in our own experience. And then certainly if someone has questions or wants to know more, there's lots we can, we can say. And we hope that, that, that it can develop that, that way. Because we have great traditions and great expressions of, of our faith and art and in music and uh, the teachings of our church are really beautiful, but that all flows from, from the, the living presence of, of Jesus in, in, in the world. And, and all of those are gifts of, of the Lord, which we can finally begin to accept once we believe that he is the Son of God and, and that he wants life for us. Thank you. I think that's very clear and compelling. In fact, I think next time what we will do is uh, we'll talk a little bit further about how this this priority, this uh, part of our vision, encountering Jesus and uh, the goals that were set by the visioning team uh, last year are manifesting themselves. They're continuing to be uh, explored and enriched by the work of some of our collaborators here at the Archdiocese. We hope to have one of them on next time to share how that's bearing fruit already and how we plan to help foster those encounters and help that bear more fruit in our parishes and communities across the Archdiocese uh, in the years to come. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, stay tuned. But in the meantime, uh, I would encourage uh, us all to think that Jesus would like to have a deeper, more personal relationship with each of us than the one we're letting him have so far. So there's more that, that he wants to reveal about himself and about his love and mercy uh, for us. So I just would encourage us all to um, take time in our prayer to um, ask the Lord to reveal himself to us um, to, and then to listen uh, as perhaps he's, he is offering us a, a special gift or, or grace that, that we need at this particular moment. He is our Savior, and he wants us to, to be whole, to be healed, uh, to, to, to flourish. And then in our prayer, we can reflect, what's, what then maybe is he asking of me? Um, because he wants to engage me in his saving mission and in a way that, that will be fulfilling for me and, and bring joy and peace to me. It will also be challenging. Uh, but um, as, as we said earlier, it will, will help me realize who I am and why I have been created so lovingly in the image of God. Well, thank you, Archbishop. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice. For more information, visit archomaha.org slash podcast 